Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's special St. Patrick's Day show, Luck of the Irish. May the narrative be with you. His name was Jimmy McGonagall. And he was everything my mom said I should look for in a husband. He was tall and dark and handsome and polite. And he was Irish. Yeah. 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 And everyone knew I had a huge crush on Jimmy McGonagall. And Jimmy was a little bit older. He was five years older than me. And when you're seven and you decide that that's the man of your dreams, five years is a big gauge gap. Well, I was humiliating myself by just hanging out in front of his house all the time and just trying to be close to him because he was so cool. And also when I was seven, my dad um, got my brothers, my two older brothers and I, a newspaper route because in my dad's opinion, a strong work ethic was part of being Irish. It was absolutely mandatory that we knew how to work for a living. So I was the youngest, so I got our street, Lewis Drive, to deliver papers on. So I'd get out of, off of the school bus, and I'd get my papers, and I'd deliver them on the way home. And on Saturdays, I would go to all the different houses and collect money and pay it to the paper route manager. And my dad would take us around in the back of the station wagon on Sundays to deliver our newspapers. And it was a lot of fun. It was always, we, it was a team effort. Um, the street we lived on, Lewis Drive, was in the suburbs of Pittsburgh in a little area called Penn Hills. And now this street was built on where a coal mine had been. And it was a cul-de-sac. And you could imagine that it was a, a sloped hill, and then it leveled off, and there was a circle. And that's where the horses with their you know, carriages behind them would come up and fill up the coal and take it out back to the homes to heat them. Uh, and then they built these little houses in the 50s. And in the 70s, when my family moved in, it was every different kind of nationality. Pittsburgh is a city that is built on immigrant work. People came from all over Europe and other places to live there and work there. Um, so you have different pockets of neighborhoods like Squirrel Hill and Bloomfield and Lawrenceville and Southside. And, all these different little immigrant pocket neighborhoods. But when you came out to the suburbs, everybody came out to the suburbs. And so on our street, there were German Americans and Irish Americans and Italian Americans and African Americans and Polish Americans. And we all lived and worked and played together. Um, on this street, because it was a coal mine, there was a lot of areas that were unable to be developed. So there was this huge wooded acreage behind all these houses. And we spent all of our lives outside. You'd be shooed out in the morning first thing, and in the summertime, we just lived outside in the woods and ran around. And in the, in the evening, we would play kickball in the circle, or kick the can, or hide and go seek with like epic flashlights. And it was just massive, all these kids. Jimmy McGonagall would never come out and play, though. He was quiet and refined or something, I don't know. Anyway, uh, maybe he was afraid of me, probably that's what it was. Um, so, you know, my dad's work ethic was strong. And there was a guy that lived on the street, a, a, one of the boys, who was a friend of my brother's, and his name was David. 
And the thing about David was is that David had a real mean streak. And he was sort of my arch nemesis. So I remember once when we were walking, when we were out with his kids, and he put his arm around me, and I was that pestery little sister, and he was like, hey, Beth, you know, you're going to go on this great trip, and it's going to be awesome, and oh, you know, have a nice trip, see you next fall, and he would trip me and knock me into the dirt pile, and then walk away with this maniacal laugh. <laughs> David was a, uh, a rough guy, and one day, David said to me, Beth, do you want Jimmy McGonagall to marry you? And I was so elated. I was like, yes, yes, I want Jimmy McGonagall to marry me. But I knew, I knew there was a trick. There was something. And this was a couple years later, so I might have been 10 at the time. And Jimmy was older. And David was going to arrange the whole wedding. It was going to take place in my backyard. And he had invited all the kids on the street. And he just said, all you have to do is show up in the dress. And uh, he went in, and I went in, and I went into the room that I shared with my sister. And I put on her communion dress, because I didn't have a wedding dress, and I needed something white. And of course, I probably put shorts on, because she was, that was a tiny little dress. So I came out of the back door. And the kids were lined up in this really nice, they had made an aisle. And they all had little bouquets of flowers, and they were throwing flowers, and it was like dandelions and clover and just ragweed and, and grass. And they were throwing it at me, and they were singing, dum, dum, da dum, dum, da da dum. And I was so excited because Jimmy McGonagall was going to marry me. And I got to the front, and I couldn't see through all the hail and the grass and everything being thrown in my face. And when I get to the front, I notice that they even have a little altar. And I think it's a picnic bench with like a and a piece of cloth on it. But Jimmy McGonagall is standing on that side of the altar, and he's dressed as a priest. <laughs> and I turn and look, and there is little Scotty Rakert. And Jimmy McGonagall is going to marry me to Scotty <laughs> Rakert. No! No! No, this can't be happening! And I'm trying to say my lines because I don't want to look stupid in front of Jimmy McGonagall, and I'm so embarrassed, and I'm so mad, and I'm going to kill David. <sighs> and I just threw down my bouquet of flowers, and I ran into the room crying. It was terrible. Well, obviously, as important as work ethic was to my dad, to my mom, getting married and having kids was the only thing and the primary thing that was expected of me. And going to college wasn't really an option. That was just not something we did. We were, you know, we just got married and had kids. I, I never got that. Uh, so when I turned 18 and I graduated from high school that summer, Jimmy McGonagall did get married to somebody else. Yeah, I know. And I was a little crushed, but you know, at the same time, I really didn't want to get married and have kids and settle down. That was ridiculous. And I really wanted an education, and I really wanted to travel, and I wanted adventure. And I didn't know how to get that, because my family did not want me to go to college. And so I compromised, and I found some grant money, and I borrowed a bunch of money, and I went to art school for a couple of years. And I learned so much about art and how to work with other people. And right at the end of that 
term, right when I was about to graduate, a friend was making a video documentary. And I remember going into the editing booth and there was a screen. And I walked in and there was, it was freeze framed on a picture of a man's face and I walked up and I put my hand on that screen and I said, I have known this person for 2,000 years. Who is this? Who is this person? And, you know, my friend that was making the video was like, oh, that's my boss, Bruce Mulligan. You know, I'm like, wow, I'm like, this, this is, I'm like, you know, tell me more. He's like, oh, well, Bruce is getting married and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I was in a relationship and it wasn't like I felt this huge romantic love. I just felt this crazy spine tingling energy that was happening around me when I saw that image. Well, a year later, uh, Bruce Mulligan's path and mine cross. And I am no longer in a relationship. And his wedding plans didn't work out. And I remember sitting on some steps and just talking about life and all the things we wanted to do. And he wanted to travel and have adventure and learn new things. And neither of us wanted to get married. And I was like, hey, this guy's all right. So. When I came to my parents with this plan, this idea that I was falling in love with this man, but that we weren't going to get married, that we were just going to travel, it really was hard for them because we would be living in sin. And that would just be terrible. But my mom finally said, you know, at least he has an Irish last name. <laughs> and my dad said, at least he has a job. And they kind of just said okay. And we took off. And we did travel. We traveled a lot for a couple of years. And we moved out west. And three years after we got together, we got married. And then five years after that, we decided to have a family together. And we have had countless amazing trips and traveling and adventures together. And I have to say that after 28 years, I am really glad I did not marry Jane Monaco. <laughs>